This program is presented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Today, I'm talking with Dr. Christopher Paddock about a possible tick migration in a new geographic area. Dr. Paddock is a Rickettsial Specialist at CDC. Welcome, Dr. Paddock. Good morning. So tell me what this study is all about. This work describes the unexpected discovery of a newly recognized tick-borne pathogen in an area of the United States far from the known distribution of the agent and its associated disease. This bacterial pathogen, called Rickettsia parkeri, causes an illness in humans that is similar to, but generally less severe than Rocky Mountain spotted fever. The disease, known as Rickettsia parkeri rickettsiosis, was only first recognized in 2004. Since that time, CDC has become aware of approximately 40 cases in the United States, all of whom acquired their illnesses in a southeastern or mid-Atlantic state. In 2014, CDC, in collaboration with the Arizona Department of Health Services, confirmed this disease in a man bitten by ticks in a remote area of southern Arizona, almost 1,000 miles west of what it was believed to be the range of this pathogen. What makes this discovery even more interesting is that this region is very dry and mountainous, and not one in which we would expect to find the recognized vectors of this pathogen, which are certain species of amblyoma ticks, typically found in more humid grassland environments. What happened to the two patients, and how was it determined that one had Rickettsia parkeri rickettsiosis and one may have had it? The index patient who acquired the illness in 2014 developed signs and symptoms typical of Rickettsia parkeri rickettsiosis. The infection was confirmed by a PCR test that detected DNA of Rickettsia parkeri at the site where he was bitten by the amblyoma tick. He was treated with the antibiotic used as primary therapy for this disease, known as doxycycline. He made a complete recovery. He returned to the same area one year later with some co-workers and again was bitten by ticks. This time he did not become ill, but another co-worker who was bitten developed a mild febrile illness and recovered when treated with doxycycline. We believe she also was infected because she developed antibodies that reacted with Rickettsia parkeri. However, because the antibody test is not as specific as a PCR test, we can only state that she probably was infected with Rickettsia parkeri. Do we know what caused this geographic shift? In all likelihood, this is not a geographical shift, but rather a situation where the tick vectors and the pathogen have existed unrecognized for many years. Only recently, the association was made apparent after a person became an incidental host for both the tick and the rickettsia, and this event was brought to the attention of state and local health authorities and CDC. What are the signs and symptoms of rickettsia parkeri? Are they different from other tick-borne illnesses, such as Lyme disease or babesiosis? Rickettsia parkeri rickettsiosis is characterized by a distinctive lesion at the site where an infected tick bites the person and inoculates the rickettsia. This lesion is known as an eschar, and it typically is a painless, dark scab about one centimeter in diameter. The surrounding skin is often red and slightly swollen. This occurs within a few days after the initial tick bite. A few days after the formation of the eschar, patients develop a sparse generalized rash that appears as small red bumps or pustules, and a fever generally between 100 and 103 degrees Fahrenheit. 
Other generalized symptoms include headache, muscle aches, and fatigue. The disease responds rapidly to oral therapy with doxycycline, and most patients feel better within 24 hours after taking this antibiotic. The illness is distinguished from Lyme disease and babesiosis primarily by the appearance of the inoculation eschar, which does not occur in either of the latter illnesses. Instead, Lyme disease is well known for its bullseye rash at the site of tick bite and its progression to serious manifestations involving the joints, heart, or central nervous system in some patients. Babesiosis is not typically associated with a rash, but in certain patients can be quite severe or even life-threatening. By comparison, there are no known deaths or long-term health effects associated with Rickettsia parkeri rickettsiosis. Have there been any more cases you are aware of since the study was done? We know of no additional cases since 2015, but this is a very remote area of Arizona and not heavily visited. It is also possible that this tick and Rickettsia parkeri exist in other areas of the southwestern United States and remain to be discovered. Are illnesses from tick bites really something that people need to be concerned about, or are they pretty rare? Tick-borne illnesses in the United States range from mildly severe to life-threatening. There are more than 20 different bacterial, viral, and protozoan tick-borne agents that cause disease in humans in the United States. Some of these diseases, such as Lyme disease, are common in certain parts of the country. Other infections, such as Rocky Mountain spotted fever, ehrlichiosis, or Heartland virus infection are less common, but cause deaths in U.S. patients every year. So yes, tick-borne diseases are important in terms of public health and should be on everybody's radar, particularly during the spring and summer when ticks are very active. Dr. Paddock, tell us a little bit about what you do at CDC. My official title is Chief of the Reference Diagnostic and Microbiology Activity in the Rickettsial Zoonoses Branch at CDC. As with many other folks at CDC, I wear a lot of different hats and no two days are ever the same. Much of what I do involves interacting with state health departments and clinicians to guide them on the diagnosis of rickettsial diseases and coordinate collection of appropriate samples to establish a laboratory diagnosis. So what are the best ways for people to protect themselves from tick bites? Unfortunately, ticks are in many of the same habitats that people frequent for recreational activities during the spring and summer months, so it's not feasible to completely eliminate the risk of tick bites. Nonetheless, there are certain steps you can take to diminish this risk, which include the application of tick repellents and wearing long sleeve shirts and pants when frequenting tick-infested habitats. The longer a tick remains attached to your skin, the more likely it can transmit a pathogen. So performing a careful tick check on yourself and your children as soon as you return from an area where ticks may be present is very important. Ticks are best removed by grasping the body with forceps as close to the skin as possible and gently pulling straight up. CDC has just published some very complete information on the diagnosis and prevention of tick-borne rickettsial diseases that is available online at the CDC website. I encourage anyone who wishes to learn more on these topics to look at this information. Thank you, Dr. Paddock, for speaking with me today. Listeners can read the entire May 2016 study, Rickettsia parkeri rickettsiosis, Arizona, USA, online at cdc.gov eid. 
I'm Sarah Gregory for Emerging Infectious Diseases. For the most accurate health information, visit cdc.gov or call 1-800-CDC-INFO.